Welcome to Real Talk Christian Podcast, where we drink coffee and have real conversations on faith, culture, and society. This is Mark Hyde. And Chris Fuller. And on today's episode of Real Talk Christian, we are sitting down with a missionary kid turned missionary to hear what it's like to be on the foreign field leading people to Jesus. Hey, Fuller, you ready? Let's go. Let go. Fuller, welcome back, my friend. Dude, we're on video again. Again. And today is our first guest with us doing video. I mean, I guess we did the Dudes and Dads podcast, but this is the first time video. RTC, like just our video with a a guest. That's it. So if you're watching on YouTube or watching on Facebook later and you see a random dude on the screen, just ignore him right now. Just yeah, ignore he's him. Not there. He's not there. He doesn't exist if he's yet. He's not talking. You can't see him. <laughs> <laughs> Go away, Joe. But no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But no, we are back, dude. So Fuller, how yeah. you been, man? Been good, man. Been living the dream as best I can in quarantine. Okay, so my old mentor, our old worship pastor, every time he said, "Hey, Jack," well, his name was Jonathan Eckberg, so I called him Jackberg because that made the most sense. I said, okay. "Hey, Jackberg, how you doing, bro?" He goes, "Living the dream, man." I'm like, "No, you're not." You can't be living the dream every single day, but can how, how you? Come? Look, look, when you love Jesus, it is the dream every single day, bro. Come on now. Did you just Jesus juke me? I did, man. <laughs> you just Jesus, you just John A. Cuff Jesus juked me. I don't know how I feel about this, bro. Always, man. Yeah, I'm just saying, living the dream, bro. See, it's like. Savior. <laughs> There's literally no response to that. Nope, there's nothing because you can't be See? like no you're not living the dream because well okay you are living the dream doesn't <laughs> always feel like i mean nightmares i guess are dreams too but that's true that's that was true. you when you were actually that's you when you actually had coronavirus i don't know if i had it though i never got you don't know tested. if you had that coronavirus but you know what i still podcasted even through it. i put i persevered through it all. And we saying, are going to for, for our listeners. We are going to throw away that microphone by the end of this. No, I've already lysoled it like oh, have you? thirty times. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> like I, I love took it. The, I took the pop filter off and and like sprayed it with lysol. <laughs> yeah, it's it's decontaminated. It's all good. So you sprayed your mic with coronavirus to no, kill the coronavirus. Exactly. Exactly. See, it's fighting fire with fire, man. See, I'm about as millennial as it comes, dude. You know, I got my thieves. <laughs> I got my, got my, my got no, my diffuser going over here. That's you Generation know. Z, bro. Actually, I can't say that that's anymore. Millennial, bro. Because like, Janelle and I are, are like looking to get into the thieves thing. We've been talking to Cole Hobble about it and all that. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm jumping the on the bandwagon Drink here. The Kool-Aid. Thank you, Miss. Nicole. Thank you, Miss Nicole Hobbled. But okay, so uh, I've been seeing a lot of stuff lately on Facebook. Wow, I almost sound like an old person there on on Facebook Back or in Instagram. On that face, uh, that face, face app there. On that, on that Snapgram and that, <laughs> that 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 Instabook. That face, the face space and. <laughs> hey, Mark, can you go talk to the Google for me? No, I can't, Mom. That's not how the Google works. Where is Mom Siri coming from? <laughs> but. Anywho, but I've been seeing all this stuff about like, you know, making fun of millennials and this and that. And I'm like, guys, millennials have mortgages. Okay. Like we're not just we're- sitting at home in high school. We got mortgages and kids. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to start a trend. Hashtag millennials have mortgages. 
<laughs> so Hashtag. Oh, man, hit the mic there. Hashtag. I, I act like a Gen Z. I mean, but it... <laughs> you, you, you work with Gen Z all the time. So. I do. And it's like I'm always like doing stuff with them or texting them or whatnot. So like I actually learned a new word. I learned Did a you? new... Well, a new thing. Like I, I said a phrase and all of a sudden like... Eli Eli Smith, this was you, bro. I didn't know what happened. He just sent me back a picture of a baseball cap. Of the WWJDH. No, 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 no. Like the oh. emoji. Like, like I said something. Oh. oh, gotcha, gotcha. Because apparently, like, we played we played Zoom Bingo with the kids. No, 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 not Zoom Bingo. We played Zoom Scavenger Hunt, where I would say something, they have to go find it in their house and bring it back to the camera in less than twenty seconds. That was amazing. Nice. Kids were jacking their parents' phone chargers and jacking TV remotes. And going what? through the, like rummage, like like I made them find bottles of ketchup in their fridge, so they were like destroying <laughs> things. It was wonderful. One kid, one kid stubbed his toe really bad. It was legit, dude. Nice, Student ministry nice, at its very finest. nice. Um, but anywho, but so one of them said that I cheated them out of the win, and I'm like, no, I didn't. Y'all were just lazy. And Eli sent a picture back of a of a cap emoji, and I'm like, what does that mean? Like, what? And he goes, bro, you capped them, and I'm like. Talk to me like I'm a kid. And they explained it. I'm like, no, like I'm three. Like back in our day, cap means you shot somebody. That's what I said. I'm like, no, you bust a cap at somebody. That ain't good. Right. Right. But apparently I was lying. I'm like, no, guys, that's you're tripping. Like, get, just, get the lingo like, right. Like, remember when we were, well, I was in high school and you were like middle school and we were like, bro, bro, that's fire, dude. That, 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 that's fire. Yeah. Like, now, that, cool. see, I actually never said that's fire. Remember, you're older than really? me. Really? Oh, that's why I said high school. You were in like middle school, so yeah, we were saying legit. I think that's what we were mainly yeah, saying. Yeah, legit. A lot. We were saying legit. Like that and was that, it. That that's when your mom was big. Remember the your mom? Oh, your mom, dude, your oh. mom was so fast. She sat on a rainbow and Skittles popped out. Right. That's what your mom said. Mom was so fast. She stepped on a. She stepped on the scale and it said to be continued. <laughs> your I mom was so, so fast. It took me three days to wrap my arms around her. Yeah. I'm trying to yeah. find it. I learned another word the other day too. It's called uh, simping. S i m p i n g. Simping. 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 And apparently, like, I had to Google it because I'm like, um, what do you mean, like, what? And I'm trying to see if I can find it because this text thread is absolutely insane. It's one of my ones with the teenagers. But well, I'm, I'm looking for that. I didn't know what the goat was until I learned it from you. Like, what the? What's the goat? And then you're like, greatest of all time. Greatest man. of I'm all like, time, oh, bro. Oh, all right. All right. Uh, it's this is a this is a Gen Z turn. We're gonna Urban Dictionary it because that's the place for all things. Um, there's also a, a youth splaining. That's apparently a website. Uh, but simping is when you infatuate over women, allowing them to take control of your mind and cause you to do things for them you would not normally do. Here's the example. I have to I have to log off the game, guys. I want to see what Ann is doing right now. And then the boys, B O I S, the boys say, You're simping, bro. I'm done. I'm done. I don't even know. I don't even you know. Back in my day, we had quarter telephones. <laughs> <laughs> and I if really, you were one really of them did. rich folks, you had one of them wireless ones. I remember the first time we got the fax machine. I was like, man, this is the coolest thing ever. Or Bro. the first time we got like AOL, AOL. Oh. online. I'm just saying. Like, yeah, <laughs> that was dude. legit back in the day. Yeah, you're, yeah, you'd get kicked off a phone call when your sister tried to hop onto AOL to update dude. her MySpace. 
I know the Gen Zers won't understand, but do you remember the noise that it used to make when it was dialing up? Like when it was dial up? It was awful. <laughs> it, it was, was awful. Pure awful. Or the disc, like the like the oh, net yeah. gear or whatever the Netscape or Right. Oh my goodness. That was a dude, that was like an eternity ago though, bro. Well, it was a while ago. <laughs> it was like definitely if I, a while if I'm ago. I'm thinking about it. I think I'm trying to remember. I think we got internet when I was like 10 or 11. So that would have been 20 years ago. 20 years ago. That's All your hilarious. youth kids weren't even alive yet. Nope. I got That's crazy. To think about. Uh, up I until I got now. rid of that red CRV, my car was older than half my student ministry. <laughs> um, Actually, I'm going to rephrase that. It was older than. I think everyone in my student ministry almost. Well, my truck's a 2005, so I think it's older than most of your. It's older than all my junior hires and freshmen. Right. Jeez. But I got to own nine, I think, is what, what I got. But either way, dude. So, yeah, anyways, let me ask you, Fuller, what are you drinking tonight, bro? Dude, I, I'm still, I have a lot of it. So, I am drinking the Mexican high grown, grown at the elevation of 4,500 feet above sea level. It's got nice. Nice, smooth tones with a slight, slight, slight tone of toffee in it. So it's really good. I'm drinking a Dunkin' yeah, Donuts smooth. decaf, so I got nothing to talk about. It's it's the good RTC full city roast. Just just beautiful. Just beautiful. Well, to, to, to at least give myself some credit, last episode, I'm, I'm going to tell this for Joe and all the other listeners, I made myself a Cafe Breve here at the house. Hey, you, know, you can't half refer half. back to last episode, bro. I am. Half and half with some no. espresso. Woo! It was good. Better than Starbucks. But but either way, dude, so we got a yeah. guest on tonight, so I don't want to keep wait, him waiting. Wait, wait, oh, wait, wait, wait. Did we have any reviews or comments? No. Come on, bro. Brah, brah. Come on. Nope. No, none Nothing. again? Nothing. Our viewers and listeners are letting us down. What's up? Hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or email us at realtalkchristianpodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a review, write us a comment, send us a message. Come on, people. All right, I'm done. That I was my wonderful rant. radio right there. Yeah. You almost went Rush Limbaugh on all of us, man. <laughs> You're Dude. starting to get it. You're starting to get that Dude. little like, that little like rumble in his throat. Getting that, getting that Rush voice going on. Oh, the, the government, the government. <laughs> I can't stand it, dude. That sounded more like Bernie Sanders. <laughs> oh, the, the government was coming down and everything's free. Everything's free. Sorry. Anyways, it he's is. out of the race now. <laughs> Jesus' grace is free. But anywho, so, uh, you know, we talk about this a lot, but we've had a lot of episodes where it's not just you and me talking, but we've had other guests on the show right, with let's us. See, you know? Let's see if we can name all the guests without looking at the show notes. All right, so we had Brandon Soche. Uh Multiple times. We had him for the two-parter with the music of, of church music and whatnot, and then the Halloween episode. Halloween episode. Yep. And then we had all the teens, the high school... And college teens. Yep, yep. We had two college we had kids Soche. and two high schoolers. We yep. Had three episodes of Paul Lundgren. Yep. We had Sarah Nass. Yep. We had Beth. Yep. What's John your last Tibbs. name? No, what's your last name? Oh, I can't remember. I'm horrible with last names. I could go look back through the show notes. Uh, uh Schneider. Beth Schneider. There you go. <laughs> Schneider. Uh, John Tibbs. Yep. And tonight is our special, special, special guest. Or well, they're all special to us, but special. Special tonight. That this this guest that we have on today is doing the Lord's work. He is the Lord's, and he needs your support. So you need to help him get the support. Should the I TV. just mute you now? Joe, what's up, dude? Hey, how's it going? Good. So for those out there, like we see your last name, like 
How do you pronounce it though? What say that again? Frerichs. Or, Fre- or Fredich in Spanish. Frerich. That's easier to say. <laughs> in English, it's supposed to be Frerichs. Frerich. Yes. Oh my yeah, goodness. I like it. But either like way, it. so unique. we have Joseph. I'm going to say as white as I can. We got Joseph Frerichs on the podcast tonight. So, uh, Fuller, you've never met Joe, but you've heard I me just, talk a lot about him. Let's see. I've met him maybe 15 minutes ago. So, Joe, it's nice it's to meet you. Couch. Glad to have you on. Thanks. It's good to be here. I love it. Well, so if some of you guys don't know this, uh, but I'm old, I'm fragile, but I still try to get out and play soccer when I can. So um, I started playing at a open gym rec league that a mutual friend of Joseph and mine puts on at their church, First Baptist Mishawaka, um, Will Suarez, which I don't know if Will listens to the podcast. If he doesn't, he probably should. But oh, yeah. um, but so Will kind of got me and Joseph connected. And then, you know, the more and more we talked, the more and more like weird common backgrounds we got like I went to Northland and Joseph went to our rival school faith faith Baptist Bible College down there in Iowa um our past didn't cross on the soccer field because I redshirted and then decided to get a job and then you you kept playing um but either way Joe so so I've known Joe for what maybe like three months now four months something like that something like that I think it was either November or December when we started the the impact soccer that's almost been five months ago then yeah like i mean there's been like two months where i was gone and then then i disappeared for a bit and then covid yeah i love it something like that (laughs) i love it though dude but so but for since fuller doesn't know any of this is gonna be all fresh for fuller just so fuller's gonna be like a listener on the podcast so it's gonna be a lot of fun but give us i'm gonna ask the questions that you forgot to write down to ask just saying i wrote down 10 questions bro I'm going to have 11. <laughs> but anywho, Joe, Anyways. anywho, man. So, so Joe, why don't you introduce yourself to, to, to Fuller and the podcast listeners too? Okay. Well, uh, I mean, my name is Joseph Ferks. I, uh, grew up as an MK. So my parents, which, which MK stands for missionary kid. In case anybody's wondering. Yes. Sorry. It's a little Christianese. Yeah. We have, we have an MK who listens from South Africa. That's a fun, fun fact. That's awesome. So I grew up as a missionary kid in Lima, Peru. My parents moved down south when I was four. And we moved to Costa Rica for a year, and then we moved to to Peru when I was five. And so basically, the majority of my life I spent growing up in in Lima, Peru. So I played, I grew up there playing soccer and sharing the gospel, and then came back to the States to study. And I studied... uh, biblical counseling at faith baptist bible college and now my wife and i are working towards going back to peru as as missionaries using soccer as our main form of outreach so is it just you and your wife then do you have any kids no we have we have a one two-year-old a one little girl little girl so she yep she's a she's a ton of fun she's she's talking now then right yes yes she is talking like crazy starting to put sentences together and oh my word it's so much fun so, so how many questions does she ask you a day? That's exactly what I was just going <laughs> to ask. Not a ton of questions. It's more, it's more just like short statements. She hasn't gotten to like full long sentences yet. So it's more putting two, three, four words together. Nice. So, yeah. Wait till they start hitting like age of three and they just talk, talk, yeah. talk, 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 right? And yeah. then they don't stop. <laughs> That's question, question like, uh, Daddy, why is the sky blue? Why is the grass green? 
why is mommy wearing that shirt? I mean, <laughs> what happens at your guys' household, bro? What's that? What happens at your guys' household? Uh, it's just random questions. See, Elliot doesn't ask long. too many random questions, man. Like, he asked oh. a lot, but not like my, my nephew did. Oh, yeah. See, we get random questions every day, all day long. Yeah, you got two and kids it's feeding off funny. each other, too. Daddy? Daddy? Yes. Daddy? Yes. Daddy? Yes. It's like, yeah. <laughs> just the question. Yeah. So, no, no, anyways. I love it. So, 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 Joe, so I got to ask you, because I call you Joe on the soccer field. Do you go by Joe or does that actually drive you nuts? Joe or Joseph's fine. Okay, cool. Because I hate like the full name. What about Joey? Joey. Yeah, no. What is this, friends? Okay, no, Joey. No, Joey. <laughs> you know, I, that's why I always asked, I asked Tibbs the uh, same you question. You did ask one. Tibbs the same Joe question. Joe and Joseph are fine. Joe and Joseph really are fine. But so, so Joe, you grew up as a missionary kid, and then you came yes. back to the States, and you want to go back, and you said using soccer? Yeah. Like, how does so, that work, dude? So uh, Peru, like most South American countries, is a country that kind of lives and breathes soccer. It's a huge part of everyday life. It's a huge part of their culture, and it's, it's an amazing uh, outreach tool that we have recently started to use. And so our goal is to kind of go down and partner with local churches and start sports ministries in each of those churches so that we can reach their communities. And our goal is to reach their communities, bring people in, share the gospel with them and connect them to those churches so that they can continue to grow and churches can grow on top of that. And then in turn, be able to continue spreading and sharing more and starting more and more churches. So that's kind of like very, very summed up. But so, so our, soccer is a bridge to get people in yes, to hear the gospel. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's the becoming a Roman to win a Roman. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the tool that we're using to, <clears throat> to share the gospel with as many people as we can, because so many people love and adore it. You know, we right. can just in December, I was in Peru and we had ministries there and we, we posted flyers and we shared stuff and we had 55 guys that would never have come to our church show up just because of that. 55 and we were dudes. able to share the gospel with them and then connect them to the church as well. All right. So I'm obviously a bigger guy, but I believe it or not, I used to be skinny <laughs> and play soccer myself. Uh -huh. uh, how good hey, are Joe, you? Joe, he was soccer? a PCC guy. Fuller was I, I a PCC was. guy. I was. So, so how good are you at soccer and what position is your favorite position? Don't you oh. lie, Joseph. Don't you lie. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that was not the time to be humble, bro. I mean, it, you can share if you want. I'll, I, uh, when I, when I was 14, I joined a, a club team called San Martin, which was the youth division of a professional club. And so pretty much, pretty much my whole life, I was pursuing the idea or goal of playing professional soccer. And so up until I was 17, that was, where my heart really was. That's what I was pursuing. And that kind of goes into the, my, my whole call to be a, a missionary using sports, but my whole life, I grew up wanting to play professional. And so when I was, when I was 18 years old, I, um, I was playing with the reserve team. So I'd play practice with the professional guys and I broke my ankle. And so I was out for six months and it was during that time that I read Pastor Richard Wombrin's book, Tortured for Christ, which uh, I recommend to everyone. If you have time during this quarantine, go, go to Amazon and try to get it. It's like seven bucks. And uh, it say, will, say that book again real quick, Joe, I'm going to write that down. Tortured for Christ by Pastor Richard Wombrand. It's, 
his last name has a a different spelling, but I can I can send you a picture of it. Nah, I'll <laughs> find it. Picture and we'll put it. We'll put it in the yeah. Show. We'll put it in the show like notes. W U R M brand. I yeah, think. Torture for Christ by Richard. We'll just do that by Richard. Yeah, by there Richard. we, there yeah. we go. By Richard. But yeah, so you, so like, you read that book while you, your ankle was broken and you were recovering. Yeah, yeah and that. You know, it talked about suffering for Christ and living for Christ and being fully focused on giving him the glory and using your entire life to glorify God. And, you know, I was there, I sat back and I was like, I am a missionary kid that, you know, I, I love my life and there's nothing wrong with loving your life. But at the same time, I was like, am I really living my life fully for Christ? Am I doing everything I can to follow Christ? Am I following his calling in my life or am I following my desire? And so that was where I began to pray. I was like, God, use me how you want to use me and not, not how I want to go or what I want to do. And so it was kind of through that. And then, you know, God used a ton of different events in the following months to really point us or point me towards ministry and specifically towards sports ministry. Wow. <laughs> and then while you were here, I mean, you, so, so you played soccer at Faith, and I know you were recruited yes. to play for some professional clubs here in the States. Uh, no, I had a one tryout with uh, Kansas City back when I was like 16 or 17. Oh, so that's before you came and, for college. Yeah, that was before. That was on one of our furloughs. I may have been 14. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. But that was fun. That went well, but we went back to Peru. <laughs> So, and then in the States, I had a couple different offers from, co from colleges elsewhere, but mm -hmm. I, none of them had the degrees that I was wanting to pursue. And I was coming back with the sole intent of, you know, getting a biblical degree so that I was, um, so that I would just have that knowledge and be able to take that back to Peru so that I could more effectively share the gospel and disciple people. Hmm. So let me ask you this. All right. So we've talked a little uh -huh. bit about you and your background and how, how you come, how did you meet your wife? <laughs> I, I met her at faith and it was, it was uh, actually before I started going to faith. Um, we came back. And so my parents came back on furlough um, a few months before I was going to go to college. And so I would go to faith three, four times a week just to practice so that mm -hmm. I could practice before the season started. And she was actually working at, at faith and I was going in to get water and I, I walked right past her and I saw her and I was like, there are pretty girls here. <laughs> there are pretty girls this. here. I was, I was, I was going <laughs> from a city of 12 million people to a college of like 200 people. So right. I had no idea faith what I was Faith is small? Wow, I didn't know Faith was that small. It was, I, it's between, when I first went, it was like 200 people. I think it's it's grown a lot recently. So now it's, I think, 300, 350, something like that. So it's <laughs> been, it's been awesome. But yeah, that was, I had no There are pretty the girls college. here. <laughs> Don't keep repeating that, I'm gonna get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but so it was it was love at first sight, is what you're saying. Yes, love at only I, side. I, apparently, I really had I had to chase her because she she was she's a little bit older than I am, so she was actually two years ahead of me. That's and what so, I'm talking about. You That's go, what I'm bro. Wife's older than me, man. I, I I feel you on that one. <laughs> so yeah, I really had to to work to get her to notice me. 
And you All did you had to do was show some of your soccer skills. <laughs> she was a volleyball player. So oh man. Weren't that appealing to her. Just like, <laughs> come on. The one thing I'm really good at. <laughs> and she's like, nah, I'm good. This is like, this is like the story of all the grass fairies. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I told you that term, and now you use it to abuse me and my friends. Okay. And twinkle. Toes, Sorry, I had to but, throw it out there. But anyway, so, throwback to a so, previous episode we yeah, did. It was. It was. But Joe, do you mind if we go back to your your missionary kid in Peru days? Like, oh, yeah, this is fine. something that that I'm kind of curious about too. But what was it like growing up in Peru? Like, is it? that much different than America? Like is it a third world country or like what? Yeah, it's uh, it's very, very different. I mean, first of all, you're talking about, we're right at the top of the Atacama desert, which is the driest desert in the world. And so you, there's that major difference. Um, but culturally it's extremely different. I mean, the people are different. The, obviously the language is different. The food's different. The, just life itself, you know, most people are in, uh, most people don't drive themselves to work. They either take taxis or combis. And then just the fact of the city itself, you know, the city is not that massive of like land wise, but there's like 12 million people that are just kind of there on top of each other. So there's hundreds of thousands of people just everywhere. And so like, that's one of the reasons why we're so excited about sports ministry is that every single one of those 12 million people love sports even doesn't matter how how old you are how young you are if you're a guy or a girl you, you love you love soccer and you get into it especially when your country plays and so that was one of my ways of of witnessing when i was growing up you know i'd play with my team and that was kind of my mission field and then every day i'd come home i'd go to school and then right after that i'd go to the park and play with 20 to 30 other guys and so that was my that was my barrio my my neighborhood that I'd play with. Hmm. Very so, nice. I don't know if that answers. Everything well, well, it does. So like, uh, you know, I've done some missionary work down in, in Mexico and, and in control and Reynosa and, and stuff like that. And La Capilla, uh, mm -hmm. those were very, um, poor, small communities. Mm -hmm. Uh, do you deal with a lot of that down where, where you were at? Was it a lot of poorer communities that, that didn't have much that really appreciated what they had? Um, what was the atmosphere like with that? Yeah. So the, the majority of people in Lima, especially are relatively poor. I mean, well, even your middle class in Peru are poor compared to a lot of Americans, but there's an extremely poor class. That's pretty much the main part of Peruvians. And then there's been a growing middle class over the last 10, 15 years, which has kind of just come out with this new, there's been an economic boom over the last 10, 15 years. And so a lot of people have started doing well. And then there's a very small percentage of wealthy Peruvians, but the wealthy Peruvians are like do very, very well. Yeah. And so, but like where we were at, we were, our main ministry with my parents in Sor de la Molina um, is pretty much right in the middle of a middle-class area, mm -hmm. but just up north a little bit, there's a couple um, cities, Manchai, and then there's um, Seneguia that are both pretty, they're more on the poor side. Manchai itself is is definitely lower where people just kind of live in shacks and then have dirt floors. There's yeah. only like one, one room for family. Right. For a yeah. whole family. Okay. So, yeah. so, you know, for our listeners and our viewers, can you put it into terms of like what we see here in the States, 
you know, Mishawaka. All right. You look at the lower class, middle class, upper class, and, and can you could kind of try to bring it in and compare it to classes of, of what, I, I mean, I've seen it firsthand. You know, mm-hmm. the, when you say middle class to me, that is like very poor class to, to us here yeah. down in Mexico. And so is it the same down in Peru? Yes and no. There's, there's, it's starting to grow. It's been growing a lot. People have been doing a lot better. So you have the middle class is a very big range. Mm-hmm. So you have people that are middle class that are still very much on the poor side, but then you have people that are in the middle class that are also doing, doing a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's, it's definitely a very big range. More people tend to be towards the lower range where like you're still you don't have a car to go to work you have to go and get a taxi or take it's called a combi Mm -hmm. and it's basically a bus that drives the same route every single day and so you take that route and it's you know it has probably 12 seats but it'll fit 25 to 30 people in because you have people standing up holding on top and it's Mm -hmm. a very perfect place to be pickpocketed yeah (laughs) so so you're an mk as a Kringo, did you have a hard time fitting in down there? As a what? Did, did, did oh. they or was it like... I've been, as a what? I've been called Gringo my Gring- entire oh, life. Oh, white boy. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm yeah. like, man. He knew exactly what I was talking about. I saw that all over his face. Yes, yes. I've I've been called Gringo my entire life. Um, fitting in there, besides being called Gringo, not really. I know the language well enough. Um I actually didn't really learn in school. I just learned on the street. So I speak Mm -hmm. more like a Peruvian. And so fitting in that way was always, it always worked. And then the other thing that really helped me was playing soccer, you know, especially at playing with my club, it take maybe a few weeks to, for them to accept me. But then when I'd go play at my barrio, you know, I was playing at a club level. So I didn't really, I did really well playing at the, in our barrio. So people would accept me like after the first 10 minutes. Like you might be white, but you can play. (laughs) Yeah. So that, that was easy. Um, but one thing I had a hard time with was coming back to the States. That was always, that was always difficult. It was always difficult for me to fit in here. Mm. I didn't really understand the culture, the people, you know, and in Peru, uh, you shake hands or you, um, so guys shake hands and then guys greet girls with a kiss on the cheek, girls greet girls with a kiss on the cheek. And so, you know, it's very awkward when you come back to the States and you go up to kiss a girl <laughs> on the cheek. And you, <laughs> they're like, what are you doing? Yeah, there, there is a lot of stuff like that, you know, every single time we come back because you'd be used to life in Peru. And so that was hard. I had to leave all my close friends, my teammates there. And so yeah. fitting in there wasn't ever really that big of an issue. It was just, I had like reverse culture shock hmm. more than anything. So how often did your family come back on, on, on furlough? So my family, um, the entire time I was there, we did four years in Peru and one year in the States. Okay. And so that was difficult for many reasons. I mean, four years in Peru is a long time to be away from family here. And then one year in the States is a really long time to be away from from your ministry. And so Kimberly and I, when we were, you know, planning on becoming missionaries, we talked a lot about that. And so we decided with our mission agency that we were going to do two years, six months. So two years in Peru and then six months in the States. So it's not too long being away from either one. It's basically the exact same amount of time. Just you travel a little bit more. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, uh, I can only imagine how hard it is, you know, for your family here and your familia down there, you know, going back and forth and, uh, you know, because they do become family when you're down there and you're with them every Mm -hmm. day, two years, four years, it, 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 you know, it's, you still grow that bond with them. So they do become family. Yeah. And then exactly. Get your family back here. So I, I get that. (laughs) <laughs> and and for, so, so for those people who don't know, Joe, is that usual for missionaries to have to come back to the States? Because furlough, it means you come back to raise financial support. Uh, furlough is... Oh, yeah, and report, report I mean, back to the sending churches. Yeah, that's the main thing. Deputation is like where Kimberly and I are at right now. You know, mm-hmm. we're in the process of raising our support, you know, visiting churches, sharing, visiting people, friends and family, sharing our ministry with them and asking for you know, ministry partners and for people to partner with us and invest in our ministry. But furlough, a lot of times you do have to do a lot of that because sometimes people have to stop supporting during times or sometimes like, you know, if we have, if we have more kids down the line, we'll have to raise more support. And so for kind of all those things, you know, there's travel expenses and then all that that goes into, you know, if you have two or three kids, there's a lot more travel expenses. So you have to take all that into consideration when you come back. But a lot of it is just going to churches or families that support you and are and partner with you ministry wise and, you know, just connecting with them and sharing what you've been doing, you know, sharing about people, stories about people that have come to know the Lord or how churches are growing or how the ministry itself is growing. Cause as an, as missionaries with ambassadors football, our goal is to help these churches, but we also really want to build our own ambassadors club team. So we can be working with, um, working with these kids on a daily basis, kind of all year round. And so that's one of our goals. And so seeing how that's growing and sharing that with these people when we come back. And, and when you mean club team, you mean like actually like a legitimate competitive team? Yes, that's uh, that's one of our goals down the line. That'll be Lord willing, we'll start that in a year or two. But it's it's one of our dreams because it'll allow us to coach kids and share the gospel with kids and go through devotionals with our with our kids that are on our club every single day, you know, we work well Monday through Friday, we would have practice and then Saturday's games. And so you basically have the entire season, which is like January 7th through December 10th, where you're working with the same kids. Mm-hmm. And so we That's would be, season? yeah, we'd be, you have one week off in July. And so, <laughs> wow. So, I mean, our goal is to be working with these kids every single day of the year. Yeah. You know, and is this so, a? Oh, sorry. Uh, go ahead, Fuller. No, go, go ahead. I was gonna say, ahead, is Mark. this a, a ministry? You said ambassadors, right? Is that the? Which that's a, that's, football. that's the shirt you're wearing right now. That's yeah. that's. Oh, sorry. That's your kit. Uh, wrong, that's wrong the swag. That's the kit. It's the that's, kit. Mm-hmm. Um, is are there other people who are doing this with you, or is this just more of a you and Kimberly spearheaded thing? No, there's. I mean, Ambassadors Football is a mission agency that has is doing soccer ministry all over the world. And in Peru right now, we have one full-time missionary and we have, I think, seven or eight volunteers that are there pretty much working full-time as well. But So there's already a team there. We already have multiple ministries that are going. We actually, the way I found out about Ambassadors, um, I was planning on doing sports ministry, more of a thing, just starting something on our own. And a couple years back, my mom wrote me and she was like, hey, you have to connect with this uh, with this mission agency, they started working at the school where we have our church. And so ambassadors football started working at the La Molina 
Christian school campus. And so that was how we ended up getting connected. So they've been there, I think, four years now. And how much fruit have you guys seen from that so far? Um, so we have we have two different um, uh, clinics that we've had, and those run pretty much all through the year. And we'll have, I think, 40 to 50 kids that are there regularly. And so we're seeing these kids that are, are coming and accepting Jesus, but then also continuing to grow because a lot of what we do, um, our goal is to also disciple them so that they can grow. We don't want to just lead them to the Lord and then, you know, leave them at that. Mm -hmm. And so, so that's been one of our goals, uh, fruit exactly number wise. I'm not positive. I, we were looking at a website, um, ambassadors website the other day. And I think there were, um, all over the world in the last year, I think there were 500 conversions through, through soccer ministry. And it was like, it was a ridiculous number, but I think it was like 50,000 people that heard the gospel. Wow. But that's awesome. So what are some of your, you know, as a missionary, you were MK now you're, you're going into the ministry yourself. So you've seen it. What are some of the biggest challenges you think that um, in Peru missionaries will face? Have you faced and, and maybe some stories behind that? Um, so challenges, uh, this is one of the questions that you had sent. So I actually wrote my dad and asked him oh, kind cool. of about that because I mean, he's been there. My dad grew up as an MK too. So my grandfather was, uh, was a missionary to Peru for 33 years. And then my dad, so my dad was born there in that generation, yep, third, third generation awesome. missionary. So we're, we're excited about that. But I wrote my dad and asked him a little bit about that, you know, just as, cause I mean, I was an MK and. Uh, everything seemed great for me. So you're playing soccer, my, living the dream, man. Yeah, yeah. The challenges that I faced was, you know, kind of what I had shared before where, you know, like it was really hard coming back to the States mm -hmm. or even, you know, after a year, you know, it's really hard saying goodbye to your grandma and grandpa and being like, we may not see you for two years, three years, you know? And right. so that was, that was definitely challenging. My dad, and I've seen this personally just over the last, you know, over the last six, seven months of raising support where, um, you know, one of the things he said was it's, it's difficult to find the balance between, you know, ministry and family life. A lot of times you just get so focused and involved in ministry and it can take away from family time. And that's been one of the things that I've seen and that I talked with my wife about pretty regularly because I'm still, you know, I'm still here, I'm still working. So I still have, I do I have two jobs here and I'm trying to raise support at the same time. Wow. And so, you know, a lot of times, a lot of nights I'll spend two to three hours on phone calls. Like last night I actually was on the phone for two and a half hours, but you know, and that can be difficult because I come home from a seven to nine hour day and then, yeah. you know, spend that much time. And my dad said it was the same thing. You know, he, he would go from house to house to house, visiting people, you know, sharing the gospel or knocking on doors or just visiting people from church. And it's very easy to get caught up in that, get caught up in ministries and uh, not take as much time for, for family. So that's definitely been um, one, one of the difficulties. The other thing that he had said was there's so many needs, you know, there's so many mm -hmm. different outreaches. There's so many different ways to reach people. And so one of the hard things that he's had with that is, you know, just, just knowing where God wants 
us to focus our ministries, you know, focus our attention, you know, what ministries to pursue, which is one of the really exciting things about us going down. My parents are church planning missionaries there. And so he's been, my grandfather and my dad have always dreamed of starting a soccer ministry and Mm. the doors just haven't opened until recently. And so now that we're going, we're going to be able to go there and partner with that same church plant with the church planning ministries, but at the same time have a soccer ministry that's working with each of those church plants. Wow. That's awesome. You're, you're fulfilling the the dream of three generations, dude. Yeah, don't don't put all the pressure. <laughs> Good know, we're luck. Just, we're just we're just praying that God is glorified and that people come to know the Lord. You know that's our entire goal. We just want to share the gospel and see people come to know Him. So, yeah. so what's your timeline for wanting to to be back down in Peru? So, for while we've been raising support, we've been praying that um, that we'd be able to raise support all our support by the end of this year. Um, We are a little over 20% right now. We actually, we actually just had three people start supporting us yesterday and we got two or three more commitments today. And so I, two, two commitments and then one that is, is still praying about it. So we're, we're really working towards that. Our goal, our goal is to be fully um, supported by by December so that we can move by March. Okay. And so that's that's what we're praying. You know, we're we're praying and asking that even through COVID nineteen that God would continue to provide. And it's been it's been incredible. It's been absolutely insane. We've been we've been on our knees just praying constantly that God would bring in the support. And even through COVID, we've seen more people be excited about partnering with us in that's this cool. ministry. Yeah. So, so for somebody like me, you know, I, I've, I've heard missionaries, you know, ask for funds, raising for funds so they can go back down. But Mm -hmm. what, what does that cost entail? Like you say you're 20%, like what's the grand total that you have to have to be able to go? What's that hundred percent mark? So a hundred percent for us, which this is different for right. for every missionary. Ours is 5,300, which we have to raise that much money per month. And so that cost entails a ton of different things. A lot of that goes towards the ministry at ambassadors in Cleveland. A lot of that goes towards the ministry in Peru so that we can have soccer balls, cones. Um, we, we've been blessed that we don't actually have to rent a lot of the fields that we've had to use, but a lot of that cost may go into that if we want to start an academy or a club team. And so there's a lot of the percentages goes towards that. And then a lot goes towards moving and traveling expenses as well. Got you. Okay. So um, let me ask you this then, Joe. So, cause y- you know, you grew up on the mission field and then mm-hmm. you want to go back. Has Kimberly always been called to be a missionary too? Like, or is it kind of like you marry me? This is part of the package. Like, like, like wh- where does Kimberly come in with all of this? She, she definitely knew that this has been what I wanted to do the entire time. Um, that's actually a funny story. Cause she, uh, that's all right. We love funny stories. Oh yeah. Well, so she, she never necessarily felt called to missions in Peru herself. Um, but her, she grew up surrounded by missionaries. Her grandparents were missionaries to Bangladesh for years. And so she grew up, you know, knowing missionaries, knowing the mission life and 
her biggest thing was she just always loved to share the gospel and just tell everyone about Jesus. Kimberly loves to loves to talk and loves to be with people, which is why this quarantine has been so difficult for her. She can't be mm-hmm. with people. And so that's been one of her one of her biggest things is just sharing the gospel. And so she's always felt open to that and open to, you know, wherever God led. And then, you know, we met and she's massively into sports. She is, uh, at face, she was an all American volleyball player. And so, which is really cool because, uh, the two biggest sports in Peru are volleyball and soccer. Oh, nice. so, Lord willing, we'll be able to use not just soccer, but also volleyball to reach people. The Legit. church that my parents started, the the property um, has a soccer field right next to a volleyball court. Well, that's awesome. And so a lot of times we'll have multiple ministries going on at the same time. And so, so yeah, you know, just a lot through that. And so we definitely prayed about it a lot, but yeah, mm. she's, she's excited so, and nervous and nervous. Yeah. <laughs> So you've been, you've got this ministry going on. I'm, I'm, I, I talk a lot about the support because I want our listeners and our viewers to understand what it takes uh, for a missionary to to get the support to be able to go forth unto all the nations and all the corners of the earth and preach the gospel of Christ. The mm-hmm. the the commandment that the last commandment that Jesus gave to us as believers. Um. What I mean, how's it going between? Are, are you staying within a certain denomination, the Southern Baptist Convention, or, or are you? Uh, how how does that go? Do you are you able to go to different denominations and talk mm-hmm. to people, or is it just individual basis? How how does that whole process work? Yeah, so um, Kimberly and I both hold to, or we're we've grown up as Baptists, mm-hmm. and so we've the majority of churches that we have gone to recently have been Baptist. And so we have to go and we actually have to share our ministry and then ask for people to, if people would pray about partnering with us, you know, and supporting us in this ministry. Um, As regards to different denominations, um, my biggest concern is doctrine. Mm -hmm. And so I, uh, I read through the doctrinal statement for every single church that I call. And So I, I'm not, I try to not be like too specific per like what it is, you know, as long as right. they're believing in, in Jesus and the staples, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I try to, I read yep. through every single one, you know, and if, if they line up with what I personally believe, then right. I'm, you know, I, I'd love to share my Joe. Part. You're saying you're not a name it, claim it guy. Is that what you're saying? You said, you said, Joe, what? I said, you're not a name it, claim it guy. <laughs> that that's a joke. Okay, sorry. I growing <laughs> up in Peru, I don't get everything. In oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> so, so over na- my head, name sorry. it, claim it's like I want a new car, and so I'm praying that I'm getting that car, and I'm gonna get that car. Name, oh. it, name it, claim it. Like yeah. it's, it's gonna happen just because I want it. Yeah, uh, I can be. But, uh, <laughs> it was a joke. It was. <laughs> no, you're good. But no, with, wait, with wait, this wait. Ministry. Sorry, what? Where where is it? Uh oh, I don't really have a. I have a this. <laughs> the joke bombed. There you go. But anywho, but no, keep going, Joe. Sorry. Well, no, with with this ministry, you know, we're we're learning that, you know, we can't we can share, you know, we can share all about it, 
And, you know, if God doesn't work, people aren't going to partner with us. And so we've been really learning to get down on our knees and pray that God would provide it, you know? And so we're, I've been reading this book, it's called The God Ask, and it's just, it's incredible. You know, it's been just, it's been reminding me constantly of that I have to be praying, you know, I have to be begging God to provide these partnerships. You know, I can say anything I can I can, you know, go to all these churches and share and share. But if, you know, if I'm not praying constantly, if I'm not on my knees begging God to bring in that support, you know, there's nothing I can say that's going to bring it in, you know, and God has to work and God has to do it. And so we've been, you know, we've been praying that God would bring it in by, by the end of this year. Awesome. Yeah. And for those listeners who, you know, you know, I would say most of them are at least within Protestant circles that, that listen um, we go to a Southern Baptist church, uh, Fuller and I do, and missions work is completely different with Southern Baptist than what it is like with you, Joe, having to go out and raise your own support. Like Southern Baptist, you know, we have our mission agencies. So a lot of my teens are listening to know about the Annie Armstrong Easter offering that we're taking right now. And then, mm-hmm. um, the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, and we have mission agency boards that raise money. So that way, you know, people like you, your dad, your grandpa never have to leave the field. Um, yeah. we like, we send money to the cooperative program. They take the money, give it to the missionaries who need it. And that's it. So the missionaries don't have to worry about it, but you got to grind out making calls, visiting churches and, and mm-hmm. all these different things. Um, so I guess my, my thinking is, is what can we do either individually or just as Christians here in America, what can we do to support individual missionaries like you and Kimberly and so many others who are trying to get to the field? Besides money. Yeah. Um, well, honestly, the biggest thing is, you know, just praying and praying for us and praying with us. You know, one of the biggest things that I've been asking each of our ministry partners is that they would pray not just for us, but that they would pray with us as we pray, you know, so I'll send them what we're praying about, what we're praying for, you know, and so that, I mean, you have people from all over the world or all over the States praying for missionaries as they raise support. Um, and then the other thing, you know, I mean, I, in regards to money, praying that God would just direct your heart or lead your heart to however he wants, you know, if, if um, God wants you to partner with someone or invest in a ministry, you know, that way you can be personally involved in a ministry that maybe you're here in the States, but you know, you're supporting a mission that's happening all over the world, you know, like the great commission, you know, we're supposed to go to the ends of the world, but not everyone can go to the ends of the world because we also have to have people that are reaching people in their own communities. And so that's another thing, you know, just sharing and having uh, the boldness and courage to share about Jesus Christ in your own, you know, in your own communities, at your own job. You know, one of the things that I've learned growing up as a missionary is to pray for those opportunities. You know, I've spent uh, years at a Bible college where I could have really never met someone that didn't know, but I, I spent time praying and just asking and begging God that he would give me opportunities to share the gospel. And it was incredible. You know, I got a job outside of the college and just through that job alone, I had multiple opportunities to share with guys that I got to know really well. And, you know, I had a couple Bible studies outside of it. And so, yeah, just, I just encourage people that way as well. Okay. So Joe, how can someone support you 
in your family and, and your ministry, you know, uh, their links, support letter, email chain, how, how can we get, if our listeners want to partner with you, um, mm-hmm. how can we do that? Yeah. So through ambassadors, they've made it really easy, which is really nice. There's a, we have a donation link on ambassadors webpage. So that's, it's donate.ambassadorsfootball.org. And then you can just select, um, it's Ferrix J and K. And then that'll take you directly to our donation link. So through that, you can set up like a one-time gift or a monthly reoccurring donation so that like you could help us get to that a hundred percent mark. And then we also do have our prayer letter, which that isn't necessarily for the, you wouldn't go there specifically um, to start donating or to um, partner with us in ministry, but that way you can see um, a little bit about our ministry. And we try to send that out every month, just to update about how support is going, prayer requests and all that. And then the other way is we made our own Facebook page. It's called Ferrix Football in Peru. And through that, you can see kind of everything we're doing. Um, the ministries we're involved with in Mishawaka and in Lima. And then there's a donation link on there as well. Awesome. Cool. So I'm, well, I'm getting all the links together so that way they'll be in the show notes. But is there a way for them to sign up for the uh, email newsletter easily? Or is it more of just like reach out to you on the Facebook page or? Yeah, reach out to me on the Facebook page. Send okay, me cool. an email, jfrex at ambassadorsfootball.org. Or um, yeah, the, the Facebook page as well. And I can, I'll just add that to our list. Awesome. Well, uh, I know we're coming up on time, Joe, and we appreciate having you with us today and sharing your story and, and where God is leading you and your family. Uh, is there anything else that we may have missed during our conversation here tonight that you want to speak on before we um, go in there? I'm not sure. I don't think so. No, sorry if I talk too much. I get, <laughs> oh, no, we love I it. get really excited about it. Well, that's it. what this is about, man. We want to hear the stories and what brings you joy and, and, and the cool things yeah. and connections you have with, with going out and, and telling people yeah. about Jesus, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, so one, one thing, I don't know. Is there enough time? I had one story. You have as I much time about. as you Bro, want. we've yeah. almost hit hour uh, and a half marks, so you're all right. Okay, so well, Mark had <laughs> asked about like a specific story or something. Um, where we had seen God work. And so this is one of, I don't know how I left this out, but one of our biggest dreams for this sports ministry is our professional soccer outreach. And this is really just a gift from God that because of my past playing there, um, God has brought a lot of people into our lives that, um, have amazing connections. When I was playing, at San Martin, um, there were 14 of my teammates that, that ended up coming to know the Lord. And out of those 14, there's six or seven of them that are now playing professional soccer in Peru. And so when I went down in December, we had two, no, we had three of them that were all, that had all come to accept the Lord. And they were all at the soccer ministry. So we had two, two of the guys were, uh, had played against each other in the national final the Sunday before our, um, before our tournament and our kids camp. Wow. That's awesome. So those two guys got up and shared their testimonies and they were from rival teams. And so that was really cool, but they got up, they shared the gospel and what God had done in their lives. And so that's one of the, that's one of my 
you know, one of the things I'm most excited about is using these connections. And I mean, these are, these are rock stars to kids, you know, this Hector Zeta, um, one of my really close friends, he uh, shared his testimony about how God had completely changed his life from, um, from playing before to accepting Christ. That's one of my favorite stories, but I won't get into that. But, um, he got up in front of these kids and he was like, I just played in this final, you know, but, and we won, but this isn't everything. This doesn't bring true happiness. He was like, you will continue seeking and seeking and seeking for happiness. You won't find it in money. You won't find it in fame, but you will find it in Jesus Christ. You know, and we had, I think we had a couple kids from the school and church, but we had, we had like 15 that were just from that community that came just to meet them. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> that's just so awesome. cool, man. Thanks. Well, Sorry, I, I wanted to share. No, 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 that's, no, we love it. That's that's the stuff we want to hear, man. See, the problem is, is you're saying all this stuff and, and me never meeting you before this podcast, I'm like awestruck and taken back about how God is working in your life and through the ministry. And and I see Mark's face. Mark's kind of dumbfounded, like, wow, that's awesome. Like, we're both just kind of starstruck, <laughs> like a little well, bit. It, God's been God's been working in incredible ways. And yeah. it's been we're very excited. Um, we're, you know, we're still we still have like 80% left to go. But to break that down, we figured it out just a couple of days ago. Um, if God brought in a couple of days ago, it was 80. Now it's down to 77. But if God brought in 77 new ministry partners at $55 a month, we'd be at a hundred percent. Wow. So wait, wait, say that number again. You said 77 people, 77 new ministry partners at $55 a month. We'd All be right. at hundred percent. So here's my challenge to our RTC listeners right now. If you want to partner with Joe, or if you know somebody who might want to partner with Joe, we need 77 people right now, $55 a month to partner with Joe to get him and his family back on the mission field and being used by God as vessels to bring the gospel to those who need to hear it. So I challenge you right now, get a hold of RTC. If you don't remember, you know, Joe's links or anything, we'll get you hooked up. Or if you do remember, get a hold of Joe. So Mark, you got anything to add? No, I, I've seen Joe, I've seen you play. So I'm like, I've, does he I, smoke you? Okay. Can I tell my story? Can I tell right, my story? Real quick, real quick. No, I'm asking Joe permission. Can I tell my story? You know where it's going. Yeah, you're fine. Okay. So the first time we, we played indoor, right? Like, I mean, it was, it was low key. It was fun. It was whatever. Well, the second time we played, you know, we had a bunch of these hot shot high schoolers show up, which I loved. I mean, I love playing high school. There's so much energy, but I kept yelling at Joe. I said, prove it to me. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I was doubting Thomas. I'm like, bro, you, you didn't play semi-professionally. Turn it on. <laughs> when Joe turned it on, the place like you like, like remember the old and one street ball videos or like Rucker Park uh -huh. where like something would happen and then everyone on the sidelines just went berserk. Right. Yep. <laughs> That's what happened. I mean, people were falling over laughing because Joe was just I mean, dude, you made me fall on my butt so many times. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just like like I mean, I, I I can't stop you. So what do I do? I give you a hug. So, I give Joe so, a hug to stop him. I can't do anything. So Joe, Mark is very competitive. So I'm glad that God used you to serve him some humble pie. <laughs> it, it was funny because he kept saying that. And, you know, I try to, 
I just want to play to have fun a lot of times, you know? And so I was just yeah. playing, just having fun. And he was like, prove it to me, prove it to me. I was like, <laughs> okay. And I'm so out of shape. So it didn't last long, <laughs> but, but he came onto the field after that. And he was like, okay, you can turn it off right now. I was like, no, you did this. You asked for it. You're going to get it. <laughs> I, yeah, I had a couple Joe, shiny you, moments against Joe, though. I've had a couple shiny moments, but yeah, not many. Not many. Joe, you, you've made my year by by this story being told and by you turning <laughs> it on him and making him fall on his butt. Thanks. I'm glad someone enjoyed it. Yes, and and I'm sure all of our listeners will enjoy that story now. <laughs> but I will say, ever since you turned it on, dude, we've had so many other people show up to play because they know it's legit competitive soccer, and that many yes. more people have either just – Heard a small message of, hey, you know, God loves you. God's mm -hmm. for you. Um, conversations on the sidelines. A lot of yeah. cool things have happened because of a, a little. Uh-oh. Because of because of one of these things, dude. <laughs> hey, I have a little soccer ball. From, and it's a, it's a Mitre soccer ball because that's the official soccer ball of Everyone. Scotland. See, there you go. But so it's like because. <laughs> I one. And my, my, my little goal is right back there behind me. There you go. But, um. Because of a little soccer ball, people are coming to know Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like I think that's just the absolute coolest thing in the world, bro. So, did, did you hear there were eighty guys that went to our the second day of our tournament that we had? Wait, what? Yeah, we had we had eighty people. There were, I had like fifty five people that went to play, and then all the families, friends, and then like you the know, one in Mishawaka. Yeah. Yeah, the tournament that we had. Yeah, the one that I had to bail on because I had to do Yeah, there were like kids. 73, 74 the first day and then 80-something 80, 80 the second day. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, Sports ministry is that, man. Lesson. I studied it at Northland, so it's, I, it's, it's the golden ticket, man. I love it. Well, Joe, I just want to say thank you for hanging out with us, man. We we yeah. appreciate you like like none other, man. Um, yeah, Andy, stay bendiga, hermano. And, yes, yes. Muchas gracias. What? Mark's like, what? <laughs> I said, Dios te bendiga, hermano. Solo, solo le dije gracias. Eso es muy fácil de entender. <laughs> I just said thank you. I said that's, re that's really easy to understand. Yeah. I, I mean, I, so, I saw that, which I know like that sign I'm, language for thank you. I'm just but. saying I understood him. <laughs> What's up, Mark? <laughs> I am as white as white. Uh, Especially with that reflecting light. <laughs> like Jesus washes you as white as Mark. Like that's not not Mark's skin tone. Mark's skin tone. That's more so what it is. But but so anywho, so again, this will all be in the show notes. We'll have uh we'll have Joe's Facebook page, um, plus the ambassador link to donate. Again, seventy seven people. If they do fifty five eh, screw it. If you give sixty bucks, yeah, we can get there a if you lot do quicker. Seventy five. We're just gonna. There you go. We we'll just keep getting that number down. We'll Round say, number we'll one hundred. People at seventy five dollars a month. That'll make it easy. I love it. I absolutely love it. But see, <laughs> here's the deal, though, Joe. Before we let you go, we want to bless you, and we always bless our guests because we do something at the end of every podcast called Fun Facts with Fuller. We do, we do. Uh -huh. And this is just a random, stupid thing we started in episode one. Episode I don't remember how one. it started. But we have gone through almost uh, by this episode, like maybe like forty-four fun facts with Fuller. Oh yeah. wow, it's been insane. Yeah, we have. But so Fuller, do you have a? I don't know why I always ask, but do you have a fun fact to bless I do us have a and fun our fact. listeners? I don't know and, this one. I didn't look. And this is this is a good one, especially for Joe because he's out on the mission field. He may need this. Okay, so Joe and Mark, did you know that ketchup was sold as medicine back in the eighteen thirties? What fun fact? Ketchup 
You know, the little red stuff you put on hot dogs? Uh, yeah. Was sold as medicine back in the 1830s. That makes no so sense. You're, you're saying my two-year-old's going to be really, really healthy. There you go. How do you COVID, defeat COVID? COVID-19 ketchup, has nothing ketchup, on the ketchup. ketchup. Yep. Nothing I, on the ketchup, see, man. See, my kids don't eat ketchup, man. It's all about the ranch. <gasps> see, oh your kids Ellie are in puts, trouble, man. He puts ranch on everything. I haven't converted him to Chick-fil-A sauce yet. but So <laughs> well, long that's, story short. That's the next step to holiness. <laughs> so long story short, if you want to defeat COVID and make sure you stay healthy, ketchup. just drink Heinz drink kinds well hey right. just like always guys we are so thankful for everyone out in listener land so make sure you hit us up on facebook instagram twitter or email at real talk christian podcast at gmail.com we'd love for you to leave us a review hey just like fuller always says you leave us a review on apple itunes or no that's it if you listen to review on apple itunes we will make sure we send you a mini swag bag in the mail Fresh off the presses, no COVID. We won't send you that. We share Jesus, no not germs here. But Joe, I just want to say thank you again for joining us, man. Thanks, it's been Joe. a pleasure. Thank you so much. It was it was an amazing opportunity to awesome. share. Thank you. Well, hey guys, until next time. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to Real Talk Christian. To help get our podcast into the ears of other people who need to hear these conversations, we would love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. To keep the conversations going, feel free to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and share our content with others. See you next time. But what is it like as a... I mean, soon to be missionary wife with how busy Joe is with trying to raise support, get on the field and travel. Like, what is it like from you, like for, from your perspective? Well, today was not a great example <laughs> today because any free time he has, he's like, I gotta go call someone. I gotta go like, you know, he's go like, cause he sees that free time is like, you know, so we're trying to balance that getting a better. What I'm I like, shared you know, about earlier. Yeah. Like today is a family day and I need, you know what I mean? Cause it's easy to work all the time when you have access to work all the time. And so, you know, and you can, especially with today's technology and, you know, and especially since we haven't been going to churches with this whole shutdown thing, like right. you know, it's easier to do like, Oh yeah, quick. I'll jump on right now for this. But sometimes it breaks up, you know, I've, I'm trying to get him to promise me a day that we're going to have that is family day, but we're, we're figuring out yeah. like two family nights or something. Cause right now, like, to call people most of the time, it's like any time after yeah. six thirty or seven. You know, which can be hard. It makes dinner feel rushed <laughs> and stuff. But I do think we're yeah. kind of in a different situation with the fact that he grew up where we are going. Um, yeah. Our unique, luckily, his mom went through that. His dad, you know, grew up there as well, and so she has kind of walked through this before. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and that is also why we moved back here. So we're close to my family when we're here, and yeah. yeah. we with his family, so. So how long have y'all been married? Four years Almost this July. Four years, yeah. four years. So Joe, my advice to you as a as a fellow married man is carve out one night a week to spend solely with your wife. Don't 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 do any phone calls. Just be with your family. Because you got to remember how it goes. It goes to God, our relationship with God, our ministry to our family, and then our ministry to others. So yeah. make sure you keep that in the forefront thought of your mind mm-hmm. that your family is also your ministry to make sure you take care of them and coming that's from something a pastor, I've, I've that's struggled impossible, with man that's a struggle 
That's yeah. I've struggled with it myself. So <laughs> you're, I'm just saying, <laughs> learn from my mistakes. Yeah. You're yeah. thinking God and then you're like, you, ministry though. goes in the same with that, but you know, it's yeah, yeah. your family is a big, right. Yeah. Your, your family is part of your ministry. And, and so you have an obligation to them as well. So make sure you take care of your wife and your daughter. You're getting lectured, bro. Carve out, carve out. Uh, no, it's, it's don't make the same mistakes I've made. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, I'm, I'm trying to give you some, some, brotherly advice here <laughs> of From just make sure one night a week and just it doesn't have to be all day just one night you know say five o'clock phone goes off not making phone calls yeah. and uh i'm gonna spend this night with my family mm-hmm. that's my advice for you guys when we can go somewhere again yeah. <laughs> hey, you can netflix and chill <laughs> i don't think they want another kid before they go to peru but well you know down to the field maybe maybe not maybe it'll help raise more money or cost more money with all that ketchup those people eat. The ketchup, Jeez. yeah. <laughs> but so, so, so since you're here too, Kimberly, is there anything that we can pray specifically with with you? We asked um, Joe, but. I think, I mean, when I go down to Peru, it's going to be language. And then it's also just, I mean, the overall hardness of like, I will be leaving like my family here and like all of my siblings just had kids and you know, so it's just all, they're all really close. So that's all going to be really hard for me to go down there. And I do feel a little bit, um, I mean, when I was down there, I've only ever been there for a month. Total. You were there. Like yeah, I think it's a, a month it's been like total, two but weeks. like two separate times. Yeah. You've been um, there three times though now, right? No, nope, twice. Just, oh, okay. So, I mean, and then there was always culture shock every time, but this time I'll be learning the language. So I think as I learn a language a little more, it will be less yeah. of that culture shock. Yeah. So, in a little bit, I, I struggle a bit with, I think I will lose some freedom down there. And the fact that like here I can just jump up in the car and go to Target, but like, it's just, you know. You want to be a little bit more safer careful down there, there stuff because like that, so. just just because of color of skin you become more of a target right they, like we're very they, they associate Americans with wealth so yep. um, but, I mean, you know some um, of the nicest people you know but at the same time there's a lot of that yeah so yeah. I mean I'll be I'm just nervous about all of that stuff and just that big change um especially we're trying to get my citizenship that first time so we're looking yeah. to stay for two years because if I can't because since he is Peruvian and I'm married to him I can get citizenship if I yeah. stay for a two-year time period. So right. That's We're, a little stressful and claustrophobic to me. Yeah. But when you go <laughs> as an American, you have to go and get a visa. And a lot of times that, that visa only lasts six years or six months to two years. Right. Every time it expires, you have to leave the country. Literally just, you know, you could take two steps out and then back in. But you just have to leave the country and then come back in so you can stamp it. Get and it's like a visa. whole day. And- <laughs> but my yeah. dad was born in Peru, and so my entire family has citizenship. So right. I pass that directly to Sadie. So I can take her to, like, the Peruvian embassy just with papers and all that and get her pretty – I can get her Peruvian papers, but Kimberly has to actually live there because she mm-hmm. married and she has to live there for two years. Mm, okay. Prove I'm committed. <laughs> yeah. So do you so, lose your American sorry. citizenship then? No. No? no. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> Peru, Peru is one that the U.S. will still do do a citizenship with. 
No, that's cool. Oh, okay, cool. There's many countries that they don't do that with. So but, if you uh, give up your citizenship to become American, you lose your citizenship for another country. But with Peru, they're just chilling. You can I have two different ID cards, I have two different passports. Right. He's the dual citizenship. Because like, of all of his older passports since he's like, been getting them since he was a baby. Like he has like seven or eight passports just like in our safe. And I'm like, man, you seem like a spy. Or Every spy gotta has their go bag. I know. Yeah. So, I mean, no, we joked about that recently. I was like, no, you can keep your chill. <laughs> I'm too awkward. To be. You're too you don't awkward. have to worry if he's got a duffel bag under the floorboard with $10,000 cash, 10 passports, and a handgun. And then you know he's a spy. Why you have that many soccer balls? Is it? I have a- <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. My, my soccer ball, my soccer goal is back there. Every you, four Joe. years for the World Cup, my parents have had me like do something where like I'll memorize like an entire passage of scripture, like the Gettysburg Address or something like that. And once I do it, I get the world, official World Cup soccer ball. Oh wow! You no, know, I have five. But each one of those like- they only sell for a six-month period, and so people like me who collect them will spend. You know, I I need one more from that's like from the World Cup that was in my lifetime. So the 1998, which they didn't spend, you know, 150, 180 bucks for a soccer ball when I was four. Um, and so- Oh, you I get the a legitimate out. official, official. Yeah. So uh, on our the cheapest I can find right now is like 1200. Bro, <laughs> please send me a picture of that, Joe. Well. That is amazing. <laughs>